So I think it's conversation a lot. Yeah. You're gonna get shut down at some point. Fear is just a negative thought of something in the future that hasn't happened yet. And it's literally those little things that kind of hold you, hold you down and continue and it continues to align you. Bad things have happened that have made me like want to be so full of joy and so full of life and like live it. Having to redefine what joy looks like to me and like and um, redefine like you know what what makes me feel happy, what 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 makes me feel joyful. Hi everyone, my name is Shadara Arazlike and welcome to my podcast in Yere, all about going behind the scenes with creators and sharing life lessons. Thank you so, so much for clicking on this episode. Today, I have with me multidisciplinary filmmaker, Emmanuel Afolabi. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emmanuel. Yes, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So can you start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, so my name is Emmanuel and I am a multidisciplinary filmmaker. That means that I specialize in directing, cinematography, color grading, editing, um, you know, lighting and gaffing. So anything that's related to filmmaking, you know, writing and coming up with ideas for brands, clients or personal projects. So that's really what I do. And I also, I'm also a photographer. Um, that's where I got my footings into filmmaking. So I started out by taking photos and now I am, you know, just full-time freelancer, you know, as a filmmaker. Do you feel like it was a tough career choice to make? I think just coming from a Nigerian family and having those expectations. Yes, it's actually interesting because I get that a lot, you know, um, but my family have actually been the one that really pushed me into filmmaking. You know, I remember when my sister, when I was um, graduating high school and I was just, I didn't really know what to study. I knew I had, I had um, a gift in the heart, you know, just taking like painting and and, and um, curating, you know, art on, on like Tumblr at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, but I didn't know what I wanted to study at school. And I remember, you know, my sister was like, oh, how about just filmmaking? And, you know, I graduated from filmmaking. You know, my parents have been, you know, just very supportive because, you know, it's, 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 we, we live in such a different generation now. Mm-hmm. So there was like an understanding for, for the art. You know, they know, you know, people can make a living from doing, you know, from doing what we do, like filmmaking or photography. So, you know, so my parents were really supportive. My family was really supportive. I also come from a very artistic, you know, family. My brother is a musician mm-hmm. and, you know, my sister's a writer. My mom is a fashion designer. So there was an understanding of just me becoming a filmmaker was no, there was no question. Yeah. I think, I think that's good. Like seeing the change, especially because um, even up till now, I feel like there's still people from the last generation who are still focused on like career uh, choices, such as like medicine and engineering and law, like all the basic ones that they encourage you to follow when you were younger. Yes, I mean, especially with this um, post-COVID, you know, now that the things like the script has been flipped and a lot of people have 
you know, just realizing that the jobs that were very like a necessity back then was is not a necessity anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think people are starting to realize that, you know, like it's just it's just a matter of time. Like things always change and the, the world is always evolving. So the jobs that are, you know, very you know, that brings a lot of money, a lot of wealth, a lot of you know, income back then is being replaced by, you know, just robots. So it's being replaced by another form of, you know, like occupation that is much more in demand. So, so it's just, it's, it's, we're living such an interesting time that I think, you know, it's just, you know, people starting to understand that it really doesn't matter what you do. It's just a matter of you being able to, you know, sustain yourself with what you do mm-hmm. and also loving what you do as well. I know you mentioned this earlier, uh, starting off with uh, photography. So what encouraged you to make that switch and start making films? Yeah, so I, you know, started out with photography and I was taking photos on my camera. I had a little DSLR camera at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, at the start, you know, I think every photographer, you, you usually start out with just like, street photography, wedding photography, and um, and then that just evolves into portrait photography and taking the photos for clients. And, and, and I just had a little bit of just experience with that. And I didn't want to invest a lot of money into school for it because I've already, I've already been self-taught with photography. So I decided that it would be best for me if I wanted to go to, you know, to school and really invest a lot of money into into what I'm studying. It might as well be something that I'm not that great at, which is filmmaking. So um, you know, I love I love movies, I love storytelling, you know, I love storytelling through photography, but I love how with filmmaking you got you you have the opportunity to go so much in depth into what you're trying to say, you know, and, and the viewers can become much more captivated. So, and, and I was just noticing this like influx of photographers, especially in the age of like social media, Instagram, and there were just a lot of, you know, photographers and, and I, and it was almost like a competition. I kind of saw it coming and I wanted to just study something that is, you know, um, with filmmaking, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot harder because it's not, you know, it doesn't require you to just, you know, um, I mean, photography itself is also hard, you know, but with filmmaking, it's a lot harder because now you're learning how to work with people and work with crew and you're learning how to edit, you're learning how to write a script, you're learning how Mm -hmm. to put a lot of things together and, and also you're learning time as well, you know, in return for, you know, the works, the, the projects you do. So, so I wanted to study something that is much more, um, that w- will require me to go much more in depth. So that's why, you know, film, I had to choose filmmaking, but yeah. Yeah, and you, you also mentioned uh, focusing on storytelling through filmmaking. And I noticed that most of your work kind of revolves around that too, like individual stories and you uh, make a lot of documentaries. So how would you say that you found your niche? Yeah, so I, I love people. I mean, I um I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. I moved to the US when I was 13. So to me, you know, growing up in a place like Lagos is quite diverse in terms of just a lot of people that have great stories to share, you know, just sitting around 
you know, with family members and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, having, you know, me and my family talk about this person's stories and just having a lot of, you know, stories, um, I, it makes me have an appreciation for just humanity and, and, the, and the collective struggles that we all go through. And me moving to New York City, I realized that, you know, New York City is quite diverse as well. And, um, you know, and New York City is just full of voices and, and, and people and faces and ethnicities of people that, are, that have their own unique individual stories and identities as well. So I, um, I gravitate towards those, um, I gravitate towards stories like that, you know, um, and, and, and me having my footings in photography, I love, you know, just the works of just different photographers that were, you know, at the time taking, you know, just photos. There's, um, I think there's Steve McCauley is one of um, my um, favorite photography at, at the time. He does a lot of travel photography and, and he's been to just different places. He's worked for National Geography and just me admiring his works on um, National Geography and the covers of just different magazines of places and countries he's been to, um, he's been at and just the colors, you know, of India or the colors of, you know, Afghanistan or just Mali or um, the West, you know, or, or the Caribbean. So that really made me appreciate humanity, just mm-hmm. me admiring his work. And and now the works that I do, you know, have almost a similarity to that. And I love highlighting people's stories and identities. And I love learning about different peoples and cultures and, and seeing what makes us humans. And I think that really just, you know, that you can really tell in the works that I do now, even the works that I want to do moving forward, you know, just highlighting people. Because I feel like if you learn, if we can learn from our story, it, it really does make the world a better place. It really does mm-hmm. give us a bit of understanding mm-hmm. of how humanity and, and it makes us come together and really know why, you know, why are, you know, Blacks this way or why are whites this way or why are this group of people this way? You know, I just I just wanted to highlight this, these stories and this little, you know, just details of, of people's lives to just shine the light. And, and bring it to the surface. So that's really the works that I do now. Yeah, I, I agree. And I really do love like the topics that you've chosen to focus on because you have topics ranging from finding your purpose to defining blackness to even educating people about having sickle cell. So through other people's stories, people are able to learn more and also see from a different perspective. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So what would you, do you say, would you say that you have like a particular scene from uh, a movie or documentary that has stuck with you and shifted your perspective and kind of also given you that drive to continue sharing these stories? Yeah, so um, I, I'll say my, my top favorite movie would be, um, so I love City of God, right? I don't, it's just a um, Brazilian movie like growing up um in in lagos nigeria that was you know the, the movie that came out at some point and my family you know I, I bought the movie and i just love how real and gritty and just raw the, the story is and at the mm-hmm. time i didn't really know what brazil i don't know where brazil was and it was just going up but but that movie make gave me a bit of a sense of okay this is a place in brazil called city of god and um 
you know, this this is movies that really stands out to me growing up. I also love um movies like, you know, Moonlight by Barry Jenkins. You yeah. know, just um the recent one that you know came out like I think two two years ago, Moonlight um highlighting you know a black like queer um and just telling the story from a very honest perspective you know not stereotypical or any of any of that just bringing understanding and i also love um you know bill street i love last black man in san francisco you know there's mo movies like that that really highlight black set um black um struggles and celebration and um i love movies like you know the tree of life by Terrence Malik, you know, that talks about the struggles of, you know, um, grace and, and, and nature and, and um, you know, the mov movies that really talks about humanity, you know, I really love those movies. And mm -hmm. I think those movies, even by going to film, going to film schools as well and, and learning different directors from different time period from Italian Renaissance to, you know, to the Harlem Renaissance, just movies that I came out during those times as well, just learning about, you know, different black and white movies and different directors that define the movies that we are, you know, that we are watching today. So I think those are just my, um, those are just my inspiration to mm -hmm. the work that I do now. I wouldn't necessarily say there was a documentary that I saw that, that, um, that made me want to go, you know, that made me want to just tell documentaries. I'll just say it's a collective of just movies. It's also mm -hmm. a collective of photographs you know, that, that, um, that I, that I saw, you know, from Steve McCurry to, um, was, I'm, I'm forgetting, um, there's one photographer as well that I really, really love his work, but I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, it's a, it's a collective of just photography, art, and, and, and films that kind of shaped me and the work that I do now. Mm -hmm. I love how you mentioned, like the very first film you mentioned was an international film just because um, I feel like even, was it, no, it was last year, 2020, um, Parasite winning, and um, there was something that Bong Joon-ho said, Parasite winning the uh, Oscar, and Bong Joon-ho said, like, having to get over that barrier of subtitles, which I think a lot of people need to do, because uh, I also grew up in Lagos, and I grew up consuming a lot of Western media, a lot of American films, so not even having access to having access to but not consuming like nollywood films and things like that yes i mean there was um yeah it's, it's interesting because you know we, we we both grew up in you know the same you know like country and city mm -hmm. and um yeah in, in in nigeria itself Lagos city we have a lot of you know, we have our own Nollywood, the same way the Western had their own Hollywood, mm -hmm. and the same way Indians have their own Bollywood. Like we have our own Nollywood. So, you know, growing up in a place like Lagos, you already like it's it's a like Nollywood, for example, is um, you know, it's a multi-million dollar like industry. So it's um, like we have we make movies constantly, Nollywood movies, and we're known for that. If you go on Netflix, you know, Netflix now just have just an influx of just Nollywood mm. um, movies. But um, yeah, but growing up and um, and watching, you know, getting the opportunity to watch foreign movies. Um, I remember with my family, my father loved just Bollywood movies. <laughs> and um, there was a lot of Bollywood in, the, in, in our home, right? And 
at the time I didn't even understand. I, the only way I could understand these movies was just subtitles. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember there was nothing else to watch other than just Bollywood movies. And you know, there'll be just the actors, they'll be singing, dancing, and just it'll be very emotional and colorful. And that was um my understanding of how the world at the time, you know, works. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, consuming just the Western content, you know, action movies and and um and you know movies movies from from America as well. So but yeah, um we are we're talking about um foreign movies, you know, but yeah, I think foreign movies is also a great way to for us to be able to just understand, you know, the world how the world works. And I was really glad when Parasite had won, mm-hmm. you know, and and had that recognition because that movie itself was a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful very educational movie about classes and and um yeah and now it, it paved the way for just you know a lot of foreign films and foreign directors to not be afraid to tell their stories and 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 all have to stick to like a status quo mm-hmm. in order to tell in order to tell a story so yeah it's very revolutionary in that in that sense I think even for me, like watching Parasite definitely encouraged me to explore like the Korean films even more because then I started watching like I watched the next thing I watched was like Train to Busan and then I was just very intrigued by how they have like amazing cinematography. So I was very intrigued and then I just got into watching K-dramas as well and watching like even Okja, which is not uh, a Korean film, but it's also by Bong Joon-ho and it talks about the it talks about consumerism and the vegan industry and how active uh, activism can also be toxic yeah and and it's and it's interesting because if you if we don't see those movies that are made from foreign actors there isn't there wouldn't be that much diverse voices you know um of stories and collective you know voices that have been heard and you know i really appreciate that now more than ever foreign movies are getting that recognition and um you know my favorite foreign movies is um in the mood for love by um one kawaii um that movie was the movie that inspired um um, was a movie that inspired barry jenkins to make moonlight and to make bill stripper talk you know barry jenkins and dp um james laxton you know they they uh both went to school together at and and study filmmaking together in the same you know university and and they always talk about how you know films like in the mood for love by one kawaii would um you know was what made them to make films like bill street and 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 films like you know moonlight just studying the cinematography the lighting and this and the flow of it so i think you know we have a lot to we we have a lot of knowledge that can be learned from just watching these movies or mm-hmm. you know just following movies you know like you talk about you know Okja for example about just you know animal cruelty and 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 veganism you know and, and just educating us about just having a compassion and sympathy for 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 animals you know just movies movies like that that you wouldn't necessarily see in a western in a western like American Hollywood movies but you get to see that in a foreign movie so Mm-hmm. and also going off of that i would love to break down some of your films too uh diaspora Re- uh, revolution and redefining blackness but first of all can you walk us through your creative uh 
slash filmmaking process? Yeah, so my creative filmmaking process is, um, it always starts out by just me having almost like a strong desire to make something. And it can start out by maybe a conversation from a friend or just something that is just in my heart to to share to the world, maybe a personal story um, or or just something that really, really has a, um, you know, that, that just, that I'm just passionate about. And from that, I start doing my research and I start looking at how, how can I tell this story and how can I, you know, tell this story in a very effective way and just coming up with ideas and mood board and treatments and um, just spending time by myself to really, you know, bring the vision to life. And that's like the, you know, pre-production um, of filmmaking, right? You know, we spend a lot of time to come up with ideas. And then the next thing is once I have the treatment, I um, I start reaching out to, to people that can better bring this vision to life. I start reaching out to either friends who are set designers or friends who are music composer, friends who are DPs and, um, you know, director of photography, friends who are um, friends who are stylists and makeup artists that can really help me and, and to bring this vision to life. I love working with my friends and I love working with um, just, I love working with people that I, that I, um, that I know really well, because it, it just, it creates this energy in the room when you, you know, when you're creating, it's like, wow, we can all come together and because we have an understanding of what we're doing. So that's the um, pre-production um, pre production aspect of it. And then the production day is, you know, well, location scouting and finding the studio or finding the setting that, um, that this movie or this documentary or this, you know, film can be, can be, can be set or can be filmed and um, inviting people doing um, casting calls or reaching out Instagram to see who might be interested in, in being a part of it and um, filming it and, and, and producing it on, on the day. And then the post-production is just, you know, going home. Um, I work from home, so I have my like desktop from, from my home. So I just, you know, go home and just edit the, the video, the film and, um, you know, color grade it, add sound to it, clean up the audio. And then I look for ways for, you know, for the video itself, the film, once it's been, once I have the final draft of the edited version, I look for ways to put it out there, you know, to the world to see. So I reach out to, you know, a lot of just online magazines and um, I reach out to online publications. I reach out to um, film festivals. I reach out to places that I know can, you know, pick pick up the film and 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 also just share it to a wider audience. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the process of my filmmaking of you know how I create and um, finalize a, a a project. So. I'm also curious because you mentioned this earlier, but also having COVID and being in a pandemic, I know the filming aspect of your process involves human interaction. So how have you been coping with that? Yeah, um, so I 
actually, and I was fortunate and blessed to be able to keep working during this pandemic. And, um, and it's been a blessing, you know, that I wouldn't take for granted. Because, you know, a lot of people really lost a lot and, and um, really, you know, just to, to be able to stand here and um, I mean, sorry, I'm sitting, <laughs> but to be able to sit here and just like keep, you know, be on a podcast and, um, you know, be on a podcast and keep walking, mm. um, it's, it's, it's a blessing on, its, on itself. And, and with that, you know, a lot of things have changed, you know, as far as how we, how we do things in the production world. But you know, we definitely make make making sure that we have a very high protocol, you know, very COVID, mm-hmm. you know, standard protocol uh, when it comes to filming. Um, the past production that I was in, you know, we had to wear the mask and we had to wear the face shield. Um, all all the crew had to wear the mask and the face shield in order to um, you know, and the person we are interviewing, right, our subject they obviously came in with a mask and they sat down, everything was sanitized and um, the, the chair, the couch that they were sitting on to be filmed on was sanitized. Was just, there was a distance between the camera and the, um, and the subject. So now it changed the way we film, making sure we're not as close as we were before and making sure we're using some kind of lenses that still are able to capture you know, the subject, but without having it to be, you know, but still maintaining that six feet um, distance. And, you know, just that, you know, making sure there's, there's COVID tests and making sure there's room, um, there's, I mean, sorry, there's temperature check and, um, you know, every three hours of, of, the, of the set and just, you know, abiding by that protocol and keeping everybody safe and sanitizing or wearing, wearing the hand gloves on set. And um and you know those those are the, the guidelines that we've been we've been able to keep, and um you know the NBAs did it successfully. Mm-hmm. Um now Hollywood is doing it successfully. Even the little um the small cool um indie film filmmakers like me, you know we are we are also kind of you know picking up from that and and doing it successfully. Um and yeah you know and and um I and also when I'm outside like filming a documentary. Um, and I have to, and I have the opportunity to be like the DP of the documentary, you know, just making sure I myself is protected, making sure that I have my mask on, making sure I have my, um, you know, face shield on, making sure I have my hand sanitizer on and making sure I'm not as close to people and, and just being able to just do, you know, do what I love, but also just keeping it safe. So things have changed, but we're just, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole world is still trying to figure everything out, even, as, even though it's been almost a year now. But, you know, we, we've been able to, you know, we've been able to move forward at a much more, at a, at a um, safe space, you know, I feel like. Do you see yourself kind of documenting these moments? Um, the COVID moments or yeah, what like moment? how how your experiences have changed since the pandemic started and how you've had to adapt to the situation currently. Yeah, I mean, I I saw I at one point I was like um, I saw myself being a YouTuber, but um, <laughs> that didn't really work out. So um, I don't really know. I mean, I journal and I I write things down of mm-hmm. um, just my process of how you know things have been and I discuss with like friends 
um, but just in terms of like a behind the scene process of things, um, I, um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't really know how to like answer that or, you know, or see, I don't really see how that would like play out, you know, because now everybody's just trying to figure it out, yeah. you know, but yeah. So now pivoting to your short film, Diaspora, this is the first one that I wanted to focus on just because I feel like not only are we part of the diaspora, but I also feel like it hit close to home for several people. So what message would you say you were trying to convey with that film? And do you feel like you achieved that? Yeah, I, um, yeah, that was a, that was a really beautiful experience. And, you know, I, it was, it was also just like my life experience in a way, like moving to America and having to relearn a lot of things that, or, or, or learn, you know, a lot of ways and things that I was so used to back in Nigeria and realizing that there's a whole different world in, um, in, in America, there's a whole different world out there. Cause you know, if you're in Nigeria and you haven't really stepped outside of Nigeria, you're, you're almost like in your own little bubble mm-hmm. and you think this is the way the world works. And then when you actually get to step out and you realize that, oh, well, this is actually, you know, the world isn't a black and white, you know, the world is actually a whole, you know, just, multi-ethnic and, and colorful and vibrant. And um, that was an experience, you know, going to school in, in New York City and um, being, you know, just being bullied for my accent, being bullied for, for where I'm from and, and just me not understanding why, because, you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, if we are all human beings, I mean, if we're all just, you know, human beings with the same blood running to our veins like colors doesn't mm-hmm. really matter but me coming mm-hmm. from a place like Nigeria I would think the colors doesn't really matter but then when I move here I realize that it's a thing called racism and it really shapes the way yeah. we view you know the world and it really shapes the way you know a lot of people um get their you know you know get like your um yeah it really shapes the way people live their lives as well you know just racism and I had to learn that you know um there wasn't something someone can teach me I had to learn that by my own personal experience when I moved here when I moved to um to the U.S. and that led me to just question my own identity and um you know what does it mean to be a black boy at the time because I was in you know I was in middle school high school um in 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 New York Mm -hmm. and I was just questioning why am I so different from this other person and why are my Mm African-American brothers or sisters you know so different from me you know because aren't we all from Mm -hmm. Africa and why don't why didn't didn't they want to accept the fact that they're from Africa as well you know why do they think Africa is this way and why you know, why do I have to explain to them that Africa is actually Nigeria, Lagos City is actually almost like New York City. Like there's really not that much mm-hmm. difference between the two. Um, you know, why do I have to explain to them that, you know, we also speak different languages in, in, in Lagos City alone. And um, in, in New York City there's different multi-ethnic languages going on too. But there was a gap. There was a, on the, there was a lack of just understanding and lack of, um, yeah. You know, just yeah, lack of understanding for the two for the two um, ways, right? Me being a, an African, 
you know, person and they being an African-American person and having, mm -hmm. you know, they having slave ancestors and me not having slave ancestors. It's just, um, it's, it was a, it was something that I had to really, really learn and I had to really dive deep in what does civil rights mean? Who is Martin Luther King? I didn't, I didn't know who Martin Luther King was, you know, go, coming to America, I had to learn who Malcolm X is, who Rosa Parks and all the civil rights activists were and what they did. Um, for for black people, you know, collectively, so that you know was um you know that whole experience itself was a very was a learning experience for me, and and still is right and me defining you know am I black or am I African you know, and and that led into my film right and biodiaspora, and um I wanted to find people that have similarities and stories like me. And I wanted them to share their stories and I wanted them to speak from an honest perspective, right? I didn't, I didn't even ask them on the day of filming. I didn't really question or come up with like some questions. I just let them just talk into the camera and the, the, res the responses, their answers, um, the, the, what, whatever they said was what led into the film, you know, and I was able to edit it in a way that made sense um, you know, in a way that made sense to me and in a way that would make sense to the people that are watching it. And yes, yeah, so that was the whole creation process of that film on Biodiaspora. Yeah, and I, I feel like I, I can completely understand what you were saying about kind of moving from Nigeria here and experiencing like a culture shock. And there's something that Jamama Dangozi Adiche said that stuck with me is that there's that difference between being an African-American and being an American-African. And it was like also coming to the terms with the fact that you were a minority, like just becoming a first-time minority, like coming from a place where you were the majority. And you actually, you brought this up already, but I had this question for you because I know a lot of your films revolve around defining and redefining Blackness. So how would you define Blackness in your own words? I think blackness to me is I actually you know it's, it's interesting you asked me that question because even for me I haven't really really I made the project but I haven't really sat down to just think of what blackness is for me personally you know I can look at other people's responses but I um I think it's something that I had to you know, like you said, right? I was coming from a place where we blacks are the majority, and then we had to be the minority now because I just moved to another country. And um, yeah, but to me, blackness isn't is. I mean, yeah, people would say, okay, well, blackness is, you know, this group of people that um, you know, that are part of this demographics and cultures and and from the African diaspora and you know slave ancestors or, or or just migrated from from Africa but um but I think to me just I'm still kind of defining what that meant you know what what is blackness you know to me what what, what would blackness be um even for my kids and my future generation you know that are coming you know because now you know the world is constantly evolving and changing and um you know like what is what is blackness you know I think it's still a question that um that is still that I, I am still kind of 
taking my time to really define and really answer for me personally. Yeah, but what, what would you define blackness if I were to ask you? Or how uh, would you define it? <laughs> now the tables have turned. Uh, I appreciate that. I think that it's a work in progress also for me, like defining it. For now, I would probably say that it's a part of me. It's something that will always be a part of me, but something that I don't think I will let define me or I will let others use to define me. Mm. In the sense yeah, that's, that that's, yeah, okay. I think I want, in the sense that I, I create my own narrative um, and I don't follow other people's ideas and I'm not trying to um, prove my myself to anyone or prove my blackness to anyone if that makes any sense yes that makes total perfect sense and um you know i would just add to that like for me i've, I've been to quite to a lot of places and i've been to a lot of countries right and i've been to like india uganda mm-hmm. nigeria um iceland um jamaica you know just I've just, yeah, I've, I've, like I've traveled because of the works that I do, mm-hmm. and and just me just traveling and and seeing different peoples from different cultures, and seeing what blackness means to them is totally different from our ideas of or, or what the world thinks blackness is, right? And um and I think blackness is something you can't really define, you know. It's just it's just yeah, it is a part of you, but it's also bigger than than um you know it's also bigger than you it's mm-hmm. very very big bigger than you and it's just you know it's yeah you know like like it's 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 not even a i don't even think the word that like blackness shouldn't even be a word it's just you know it's um <laughs> it, it shouldn't have a i mean it in a, in a way that it should not ever have like a limit or like a, yeah. or we put it to be like a stereotype or any of that you know it's just yeah it's just blackness is is blackness i I think you're completely right because it is something that is bigger than us and will always be bigger than us so confining it to a limit is not helping with defining it i think it should just be um individualistic and up to whoever like up to the individual Yes, yes. Yep, you're absolutely right. So how would you say you feel your perspective? Because you talked about getting to travel and meet all these people. How would you say you feel your perspective has changed since you started making films? Um, I'll say that I have a lot more empathy for, for people. And I have a bit of more understanding you know, of the way the world works. You know, I'm still learning, right? The, 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 you know, life, life is a constantly, life is a, life is a constantly, like learning process. You know, it's a long journey to life, right? You think you know something at one point, and then you, you know, you learn something, or you experience something, or you, you, you go to places, and you. And you think totally different of it now, you know, than you used to think. And um, but for me, I just I just think that, and I still have a long way to go. And I still, 
have a lot to learn mm-hmm. and um but but um yes but traveling does make me have a lot more empathy for people and also a lot more understanding of how similar we all are mm-hmm. you know like someone even though we might be speaking totally different languages we are all still the same humans you know we're mm-hmm. all still you know we're all still the same you know and in a way we all want the same we all want to be loved we all want to be treated fairly we all want to be respected we all want to be um you know we all want the same goal in a way um so just being able to travel just makes me realize that you know it really doesn't matter what skin color you have or it really doesn't matter what your social or economic status are you know mm-hmm. we are we all want to be loved at the end of the day you know we all want you know we all want to be loved in, in in um in india uganda jamaica every wherever you are you know right you know yeah. and and that's just something that um i had to learn i mean there's still and at the same time you know there's still like bad things going on in the world as well right mm-hmm. you know there's evil things going on in the world there's people you know literally you know threatening people and there's people just you know not wanting good for people you know and um and i think that at the end of the day you know it's as a as a little you know as, as, as a little child just growing up and you know the world the way i'm i'm just trying to so i'm just trying to think of like how how do i land how do i land <laughs> what i'm trying to say you know but um you know do yeah like we are all at one point you know a child we are all at one point a you know a child that needed to be loved and i think you know and something might have happened um just from different people's lives and stories that really, that changed something but still i think that love is love is one of those words just like blackness you can't really define mm-hmm. and i think that's what really makes us all human mm-hmm. and um yes so you know if that answers your question no thank you for that i feel like you addressed all these points but you still brought it together at the end like that one singular theme that's just reoccurring in everybody's life so the last question that i have for you uh is just a piece of advice if you could offer a piece of advice to someone who's listening who's aspiring to be a filmmaker or to do something similar to what you're doing what would you say to them mm. i i'll say that life is still a long journey and that you know in the process of it you have to be humble mm. and you have to you know yeah you have to learn as much as possible and and all don't always feel like you have arrived or you know it or you know um because once you start feeling like that you you can be brought low you know so um so yeah just you know keep being humble and keep learning and just keep being consistent you know i was discussing um i was discussing with someone um the other day um this person had mentioned um 
quantum quantum leaping by just a random conversation we were having mm -hmm. and this person you know um they are you know they're a life coach and they are you know like an inspirational like speaker and they they said something along the lines of quantum leaping is when you know just by you being obedient and you being um faithful and you being um consistent and you being you know just surrendering to your passions and surrendering to whatever you feel you're called to do you know um that you can be moved from something that you think might take you 10 years it might actually can take you two years to get there or, or three years to get there and you are thinking oh this thing is going to take me 10 years you know but you know just by you being obedient just by you being humble just by you being faithful and just by you being you know surrendering and learning about you know just the process of whatever you want to do filmmaking you know graphic design um photography whatever it is you want to do in life right just but just by you being um obedient and surrendering to the greater calling you know that you feel you've been called to you know that things will work out for you you know and things you know you can you can quantum leap which means that you know things will be put in your path you know and and um much more faster by you being just consistent so um that's just the advice that i would give anyone who's starting out you know is to just you know keep being humble and just keep being obedient and um keep being consistent to what whatever it is you're doing yeah it it, it is hard you know yeah we live in a pandemic and we live in you know, we're living in post-COVID era and it might feel like all oh, hope, oh, you know, is lost. It might feel like, oh, you'll never be oh, the, one of the best filmmakers that you ever dreamt of, or you'll never be, oh, um, this person that this idea of whatever it is you're trying to wish for, you know, but, um, but these are just things that, you know, this like 2020, you know, it's just things that would help you shape the way, you know, would help you shape your life for the next years and years and years and years and years to come you know but you by you just being obedient and you just being humble and you being um consistent in the time that you're in you know things will work out for you and and you will get there so that's just the advice that i would give anybody starting out thank you for that and thank you so so much for joining me today yeah you're very welcome and i really appreciate it. and you know love this conversation that we're having same here thank you guys so much for clicking on this episode i'll have the links to all of emmanuel's films and his vimeo down below and all his socials thank you guys for clicking on this episode and listening to me you can keep up with me at a new report on instagram my name is chedera razulike and i hope you come back again to hear from me